So we are still reeling from the uh, the judgment that was issued by this judge. Uh, what's his name? Er- Ergodon? Ergon, yeah. Ergon, yeah. It's a name that no one will remember soon enough. <laughs> As I said in my podcast last week, uh, this is a judge that is a true believer. Uh, he knows he's going to be reversed. He knows it, it because there was no actual fraudulent statement that, that anybody reasonably relied upon. Secondly, uh, the banks did their own due diligence. They gave him loans based upon their uh, due diligence, their own assessment of what the values of the properties were. The banks were paid with interest uh, per their agreement. There was no discount associated with it. So nobody was damaged. Now, the argument that Erdogan says, again, a name that nobody will remember eventually, (laughs) uh, his argument is, well, because he lied to about the assessment of his properties that somehow other banks were precluded from getting an opportunity to loan to him to lend to him so so he so somehow he he favored certain banks over the others is is that is that how it works i i don't quite get the the logic here but all i do know is there was no plaintiff there's no standing that they had to bring on behalf of the plaintiff there was no fraudulent misrepresentation, no reasonable reliance, and no damages. But other than that, it was a fantastic case. Um, so, so what's interesting is that they, I think the Democrats seem to understand that they've got a problem, uh, that this, this was a funky ruling, to say the least, that it was you know, a political hit job and such. But it wasn't a political hit job, they'll, they'll say. But Kathy Hochul, the governor of New York, seems to have uh, said the quiet part out loud, which uh, you'll, you'll hear right from here because it's fascinating how she describes it. Um, do you have that clip? Yeah, let's, let's go ahead and play it. This is really uh, an extraordinarily unusual circumstance that the law-abiding and rule-following New Yorkers who are business people have nothing to worry about because uh, they're very different than Donald Trump and his behavior. Yeah, so, okay, did, did you hear all that? I mean, it's fascinating. Basically, she's saying, if you're not Donald Trump, you've got nothing to worry about. Now, she, in, in her defense, she would say, well, I, I'm saying, well, you don't have to, you won't be in trouble if you don't do his behavior, his kind of behavior. But wait a minute. Everyone does that. They, 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 of course, they're going to puff the value of their properties. They're not going to say the properties are worth nothing. Yeah. In Donald Trump's, in Donald Trump's uh, impression, the, the values of his properties were substantially worth more from a long-run point of view, especially given that there are Trump properties. Right. People like Trump properties. They, they have more value to them. Um, so just like, I mean, Disney uh, makes movies and people see Disney movies. If they, the exact same movie was made that was not a Disney movie, fewer people would see it, right? right? That's the way it works. Uh, and when there's a Trump property... It, it, there's a there's a brand associated with that, so it's not just the value of the property that happens. You can't really do a comp. Or what the, what the, what's, that's shorthand for comparable uh, estimates on, on value. Anyway, so the bottom line is she is clearly saying that uh, you need to understand if you're not if you're not a Trump person, then don't worry about it. We're cool, all right. So like as if she expected everyone to say, "Phew." As long as the rule of law will apply to me, but not to him, I'm good with that, <laughs> right? Like wink, wink, nudge, nudge, right? But, but people are not giddy with that. This, this impression that she, she was trying to give that you don't have anything to else, uh, you have nothing to worry about other real estate developers in New York. You don't have to worry about nothing. Uh, I don't think the message landed the way she thought it would land. It, it <laughs> you know, like, I'm glad we resolved that. You know, nobody has any more issues about that. And I don't know if there's ever been a time in the history of the world when you're told there is nothing to worry about when there actually was nothing to worry about. That's when you should start to worry if anyone ever tells you there is nothing to worry about. (laughs) You know, it's interesting because she says don't worry about Trump uh, because if you're not a Trump. 
uh, okay, well, you know, what starts with Trump won't end with Trump, yeah. right? If, if this works, that they were able to sideline him and debilitate him, to bankrupt him and such, and to make it impossible for him even to pursue a bond, then why stop there? If, if it works there, well, why not stop? Why not go with the next Republican nominee who might be wealthy, for example, right. or doesn't even have to be wealthy. In fact, it'd be easier if he's not wealthy. Then just destroy him financially one way or the other. Make it very clear. You better be nice to us. You better be one of those squishy moderate Republicans like Romney or Bush. And uh, we might tolerate you at that point. Otherwise, we're going to destroy you. Right? So make it very clear. What, What starts with Trump doesn't end with Trump. Okay? Now, you may understand that I'm paraphrasing a phrase uh, that we Jews have said uh, for literally hundreds of years, if not thousands of years, what starts with the Jews doesn't end with the Jews, right? Hitler said the same thing. He said, like, he was basically reassuring the Germans, don't worry, we're just going after the Jews, right? right? And maybe those handicapped people, and uh, maybe those gypsies, and maybe those Jehovah's Witnesses, and uh, maybe those gay people. Uh, yeah, after that, we're, we're good, okay? As long as you're not one of those people, but it started off with the Jews, as long as you're not a Jew, yeah. you'll be okay, right? So don't trust this woman, right? Yeah. Now, I want you to also listen, again, Kathy Hochul, governor of New York, talking about how, and, and she, you don't see the video here, but she, she's, she's, talk, she's so giddy about the result of the judgment. Um, and it's one man making this, this judgment. He's, he's clear, he, he knows a judge. Uh, Aragon, that he is going to be reversed on appeal, but that doesn't matter to him. Yeah. You see, mostly most judges, they live and die by their appellate record. How often are they reversed? I don't know if it's below 10%, then they're okay. If it's above 10%, it raises an eyebrow. If it's above 30%, then, then you're in trouble, that sort of thing. It means you're, you're giving bad decisions, right, if you're, if you're reversed constantly. But uh, he doesn't care. Because his job right now is to destroy Trump. And he's doing his part. Thank you very much. All right. Let's hear Kathy Hochul. And you ought to see that smile on her. Like, uh, the, what is it? Cheshire cat. Right? Yeah. Uh, here we go. Got off the phone with Attorney General Tish James and spoke to her about how this sends a strong message that in the state of New York, businesses, business people, who commit fraud and to hide their assets will be caught and prosecuted. Whether you're the president of the United States, a past president and forever past president of the United States, or you're an ordinary business person, no one above is above the law here in the state of New York. And I congratulate her and her effort for making sure that that is a message that is heard loud and clear, not just here in New York, but across this entire nation. I just- yeah, so... Very interesting, right? Loud and clear. So this, this time, maybe she's making it very clear that it applies to everybody, right? Yeah. So, so which is it, lady? Is it just Trump or is it everybody? Right. So here's the problem for them. And, and the, the problem is that they are getting the message. They are getting the message that New York is in it against real estate developers. They don't realize who is feeding them. Real estate developers are massive contributors to the economy and taxes and everything else. And they, they, they provide jobs and all the things that you would expect that to run an economy. And to, to tell a real estate developer that uh, he, he really now has to be super cautious about his appraisals. And if it's even, what, $100 more, you know, what, what constitutes fraud? Right. Um, 100000 too much? I, I don't know. I don't know. But all that's going to happen is everyone's going to be very careful. And, the ba- and people won't want to deal with banks because the banks will, say, will proclaim later on. They have this weapon now. And uh, what's his name? Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank. He, he brought it up. And, and I, I'm going to play that clip as well in a moment. But you wanted to say something. Yeah. She said no one is going to get away with hiding their assets. Didn't Trump overvalue his assets, so he's damned because they say no. You know, you said it was worth too much, and he also somehow hid how much it was worth. It, it she wants it both ways. 
Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. Um, that's a really interesting point. I didn't even think about that. Um, but, but think about the impact. And I want to I play this clip from uh, Kevin O'Leary. It's fascinating. Well, this, this award, um, I mean, just leaving the whole Trump thing out of it and, and seeing what occurred here, and, and I'm, I'm no different than any other investor. I'm shocked at this. I, I can't even understand or fathom uh, the, the decision at all. It, it, there's no rationale for it. And so let me give you a real-time uh, experience I'm having regarding this, and I'm not the only one. It doesn't matter what the governor says. New York was already a loser state, like California is a loser state. There are many loser states because of policy, high taxes, uncompetitive regulation. It was already on the top of the list of being a loser state. I would never invest in New York now, and I'm not the only person saying that. And here's a real-time situation. In development in real estate right now, the hottest asset class is very high-end data centers. They cost anywhere from two and a half to three and a half billion each. They're very expensive. They require low power. You need permits. But most of the major institutions in the world need more data centers, and that's why developers like me are doing this. Now, you need power. So New York has Niagara Falls. Normally, you'd consider that to put in one of these facilities, create 400 jobs, five more jobs for each of one of those for auxiliary services. I can't go to New York. So I'm going to Oklahoma, North Dakota, West Virginia. Governor Stitt, Kevin Stitt, my staff have met with him. Governor Bergen, the same thing. All right, so you get the idea. I mean, he's saying it's a loser state, and he's right. It's, and he's saying it not just as a, as a slur. It is a, literally a loser state because people are, are leaving, and therefore New York is losing not only people but businesses as well. And that's not just California. Look, a lot of people, I'm, I'm a landlord in uh, California. I, I can't say that I have massive holdings or anything else like that, but I'm pulling up stakes from California um, because there, there's so much regulatory control uh, and so many things that keep on changing. The, the, the regulatory uncertainty associated with being a landlord here, which is so tenant-friendly, um, squatters. I, you know, every landlord here worries about squatters, everyone. And that's all that happens. You got a squatter, now you've got a big problem. Better to just sell and get the hell out. Really, that's, you don't have these sort of issues in Tennessee and uh, Arizona and a lot of other uh, you know, landlord-friendly states. Um, you don't have to do all these incredible hoops and hurdles to, to, to get, evict somebody who's not been paying you. It's absurd. Uh, and now, and by the way, in Santa Monica, and, and it's, it's like an infection. It's, it's infected all of Los Angeles, uh, where if you want to move back into a unit or you want to sell your unit, the one that you've been leasing, or you want to give it to a developer, you have to pay uh, a move-out fees to um, uh, relocation fees, oh, yeah. which can be very substantial, yeah. like $24,000. And guess who hurts... Guess who that hurts the most, right? It's, it's not the, the rich landlords who maybe, let's say, charge 12000 15000 a month. It's the small mom and pop ones. Because yeah. the, the $15,000 a month, that's, that's a month and a half worth of rent. You, you lose that, that's a bummer. You, know, you don't want to lose that money, of course, but that's still just a month and a half of rent. Whereas if you're a mom and pop and you're, paying, you're receiving only $800 a month, let's say, yeah. then you know, do the math. You know, you're losing a tremendous amount of money. How, how many months is that, that 24000 divided by eight, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. that's 30 months right there. Yeah. Uh, and that's, yeah. that's, you know, almost three years, two and a half years yeah. of rent. Oh, thank you. Bye. <laughs> it's crazy. And, and that's for the, that's your obligation. You have to do it. And you have to do it with a certain time. It's madness. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, that's, that's the landlord issue. But, but the developers here, they're, they're providing even more money. And they're just, they don't realize how they're cutting off their nose to spite their face. Uh, and they're kissing all this business away. And they'll never wonder, I mean, I, I, they can't be that stupid. They, they have to know that people are leaving their states, right? right? 
that that it's not as if they're doing it quietly and 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 you know like like you did when you, when you were a little kid you put a little pillow underneath your blanket and you pretend that you're still there and like I mean I don't think businesses do that they don't pretend, they don't have a, a shell of a building behind and they have a bunch of people going back and forth you know pretending like a video or something yeah we're still doing business here in California no they're announcing it pretty blatantly and they're moving with their feet and with their money. And they're giving it to, like he said, West Virginia, Oklahoma, Tennessee, I, I forget what other state he mentioned, but to friendly states. And that's the way, I, I'm not surprised, but normally speaking in capitalism, what you expect is the state realizes, oh, we screwed up. Uh, we have too much, too much in the way of taxes and we'll lower our taxes. We want to you know, entice you. Right. I mean, what, what restaurant, what business tries to push its customers away Right? Yeah. You know, we, we want to make sure you don't eat here at McDonald's. We're going to make every burger cost 20 bucks right. if you want to eat here. Okay? And you're welcome, customers. <laughs> right? I mean, it's, it's so stupid. Yeah. It's really stupid. Yeah, it's just nuts. And then the whole international thing, like, he, Biden did this when he just decided, like, if you're Russian, suddenly your money, we're just going to take it or we're going to freeze it. And now New York... Who would internationally, you're a Frenchman, you're from Germany, you're from Taiwan, you're from anywhere, who would invest in New York? Because if they're going to do it to a domestic ex-president with countless money and power, you're nothing if you're a foreigner. They're, they've completely killed any international investment too, not only in New York City and New York State, but also in America. Yeah. yeah why would you want to do any business in New York? I mean, look, it, it, the, the answer to it is that they may – want to simply get rid of the people that uh, are, are noisemakers. Yeah. So, look, my, my wife actually had a theory about this. At first, I laughed at it. I thought it was, I mean, she was saying it as a joke. But then as soon as I heard about it, I, I, I thought, you know what, maybe maybe she's onto something. Here it is. What if, they? because they clearly know, Gavin Newsom and Hochul, they, they know that people are fleeing their respective states. Uh, and they're taking their money with them and the people with them and all the taxes uh, that they would otherwise get. So w- people don't do things with that dramatic a hit against their, the interests of their states, right. right? So they're doing it. You, you should assume that they're doing, uh, doing it on purpose. Okay, great. Now that we, we've established that they're doing it on purpose because they're, they're not stupid, right. they're doing it on purpose. Okay, so what is the purpose? What is their intent there? And she said, my wife, my beautiful wife, she said, you know, maybe what they're doing, again, she was laughing, is uh, they want to make it so miserable for typical homeowners in Brentwood and Bel Air and so like that, that, that they all just pull up their stakes and they move to their, their respective cities. Nobody wants to buy these properties anymore. Property values go down and the state buys these properties. Yeah. They, they basically give it for themselves and, and for, their, for the best buddies for that matter. That's the way it's done in, you know, third world banana republic countries. So why, why not, you know, take a lesson from them, take a page out of their playbook and do the same thing. Yeah. And I thought, I was laughing at first and then I thought, wait, that's the only thing that explains it. Yeah. That, right? I mean, it, is there anything else that explains right. their behavior? Again, assuming that they're doing it purposefully. And I think they are. I mean, I, I, I don't think you can get away from the argument that they're doing this on purpose. They're not that stupid. Right. And that's um, with the exception of it being, instead of the government being private interest, this is the plot of RoboCop. You release, because no one's ever going to complain about criminals being arrested. So they don't have to worry about the criminals, but the people with power, the political dissidents, you get rid of them and then you have complete control and then everything's cheap to buy property. You get rid of the criminals because no one cares about the criminals. That's easy to get rid of. And then suddenly you have all of the property that you bought at pennies on the dollar. Yeah. yeah. It is a way of doing it. I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, you see all these movies where they, you know, a, a person goes into a restaurant and they put a cockroach into the salad yeah. and, uh, and then they proclaim that, you know, they should get it for free. And they do get it for free. Uh, or there's a hair in my soup or whatever it might be. Uh, or you want to say that the property that you're about to buy is not worth as much because, uh, you know, there's a bunch of mice all over the place. There's a rodent problem. Okay. Same sort of thing. Why, why wouldn't Hochul and Gavin Newsom and others 
in these blue states do the same thing. I mean, I know it sounds cynical. I know it sounds even conspiratorial. Yeah. But it's the only thing that explains 100% of what's going on. Because there's no way you can tell me it's not purposeful. There is intent behind this. They've, they've coordinated. There's no doubt about it. If, if it were truly uh, not purposeful, then you would expect only one state to make a stupid mistake. Some renegade governor who doesn't get how taxes work, and they do it for maybe a year or two, and then they, um, and, and then they just vote them out of office, and a new governor comes in and says, okay, we, we got to bring jobs back in. We are a business-friendly state. Please, come, please, please, please come back. Right. No, they don't do that. And it's all happening at the same time among all the blue states. All the blue states are doing the same thing, right? They, they are higher taxes, they're doing these regulatory pushes. Um, the crime is beyond belief. The homelessness is beyond belief. And they're welcoming, I mean, they, whether they like it or not, there's a whole bunch of immigration coming in their, their cities. And their, but but it's, it serves their purposes somehow to make it miserable for the, the people who do live there. It's, it's weird. Okay, uh, I, I want to move on a little to another topic, but this is a, a strange one. <laughs> the... Uh, National Health Service in England has now declared that men's breast milk is just as good as mother's milk. All right. So th- this is this falls under the category of you're not saying that with a straight face, are you? Right. Uh, but yeah, they, they are. Okay. So uh, I, I, where do I begin with this? I, so the theory is that you know with the appropriate amount of drugs that a male biological male will take. Uh, he can produce milk through his nipples, uh, and somehow that's just as good. Okay, no one could believe that with a straight face. Okay, yeah. but it is. I mean, that's what they say, and and you, you can only it only goes to show how powerful the transgender agenda has taken root in this country, and for that matter, the entire world. That they could get the NHS, the government governmental body of the health system in England uh, to, to spout off this crap. I mean, I, God willing, people will figure it out later on and then we'll look back on these, these, these things and, and say, look, can you believe what they said back in at 2024? God willing, that'll happen. But I don't, I don't know. I think it's going to be even more crazy over time. Look, we look back on uh, the, 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 all the reports that the earth is going to be in, in ice caps for global cooling in the in 1974, I think it was Time magazine, and it was a joke and it was ridiculous. And but they didn't they didn't bat an eye about that. They didn't say we were wrong about that. Yeah. But then they tell you it's global warming. Then they tell you it's climate change. Uh, so might this be the same thing, Devin? I I don't know. Uh, I think I, 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 the 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 headline itself declares its own absurdity. How about that? Right, that's just—it's madness that to equate male milk that can only be produced by way of pumping a lot of drugs into the man, and then thinking that somehow a child will will experience the same nutrients that he he would from a mother's breast milk—it's weird. And then they also, by the one, they want, they want to change it to chest milk instead of breast milk. But yeah. like, wait a minute, I. I would think that if you're transgender and you're meaning a man who wants to pretend he's a woman, that you want to declare you have breasts yourself, right? Because that makes you a woman. But uh, so anyway, whatever. This is the the ongoing effort to destroy the distinction between man and woman. And by saying that they're just the same, then aren't you eviscerating the uniqueness of women? Yeah. Right? I mean, what are they going to say next? That women's sperm is just as good as... Is men's sperm? Uh, I, you know, I mean, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. And it, it, it shows one little thing, too, how brazen and how uncaring people who specifically say, I don't know about England, but I would assume they have to do the Hippocratic Oath, too, Hippocratic Oath, and but not care. What a, the child, like, is it, like, they don't have mammary glands. So where is this? 
I cannot see this actually being as nutritious because this was over hundreds of thousands of years or even millions of years of development to make the perfect nutrition for a child. And then they're like, oh, no, we're just going to give drugs. And sometimes drugs don't work out. Like the NHS has like a very specific thing of saying like, no, no, this is perfect for, um, you know, drug and it doesn't work. Well, you're wrong about that. I mean, look, at the fact is that the COVID vaccine worked out just fine. It was... Yeah. Every, there, were, there were no side effects, and it was uh, so. I mean, that, that's a big honking exception there, buddy. Yeah, I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> you know, I just uh, you know, you be careful with your generalized statements like that because I just threw an exception there. Okay. COVID vaccine was perfect. perfect. Um, I, I know that you took every single uh, booster. Yep. And, uh, yeah, and yeah, and, and not only, but were you good at, at making sure that you never got COVID as a result of all these delightful boosters, but. Uh, I must say, you look handsomer. You you grew taller. You grew three inches. Yeah. It's very impressive. You have more hair now. Uh, you know, and it's uh, and frankly, you look you look younger. Okay. I mean that that's all that you know all the goodness. The, it, it was not only no side effects to the vaccine. It only gave positive side effects. Magical. Magical. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. You can actually fly now too, right? Just by flapping your arms. Yeah. I, I, it's, Laser it's, eyeballs. <laughs> that's, the vaccine was wondrous. <laughs> It was 100% effective. 100. 100%. (laughs) Just the madness. All right, we got to talk about another topic. So uh, your your pal, James Biden, who is the brother of Joe Biden, he uh, has been hauled in to um, testify before Republicans, the Republican Committee in in Congress, uh, basically to explain, explain me, Lucy, uh, what the deal is with these transactions, right? So he, he created 20 LLCs, none of which had their own purposes whatsoever. There was no business purpose. There were no assets to them at all. But clearly, they were designed to funnel money and to launder money, uh, at least to make it very complex. Um, and I don't know who said it. It'll, it would take us 40 years to unravel all these. No, it wouldn't. It would not. Okay? You get somebody who cooperates to explain uh, I think you can find, I can, you can trace the money. It's not that many LLCs. Yeah. Uh, if you had 10 million of them, you could still do it. Right. Okay, so uh, anyway, so he's in Congress testifying about this. We, we don't have the actual testimony because it was private. But nevertheless, uh, he's explaining himself. And basically his main argument is, uh, I, I do my own business. I invest my own way. I rely on, I rely on my own personal acumen and knowledge and wisdom and business savvy. And uh, my brother has nothing to do with it, meaning Joe Biden. Yeah. Uh, except for the fact that the money is coming massively from China and Ukraine and Romania, all countries uh, for which Joe Biden is giving favorable treatment. But there's no nothing to see here. No, it's just nothing at all. And never mind that he's paying Joe Biden some money as well. I think there was a $200,000 check. Uh, there's checks being paid to other relatives. So it, it, it smells to high heaven. It, yeah. they, and, then, and then he proclaims that there are loans, but there's no documentation to the loans, no terms associated with these loans. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I'm a lawyer. I, I can tell you this. This would be easy to ferret out and to show that you've got nothing with a straight face here. Yeah, exactly. And the the crime is so open and it's so obvious and it really gives makes me terrified that like none of the mainstream media is really reporting or taking any like asking one question or just saying like you know what let's just say that like Joe Biden or hit James Biden is a Republican. How would I report this story? None of them do that. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. I like that. Um I, it, what will happen is to the extent, look, they're going to focus on his age, yeah. right, and his uh, incapacity, yeah. and and they'll say politely, look, uh, he he is older and he's a kindly old man, but you've got nothing on him on the uh, on the funds that he received, or or at least that James Biden received, and and such. Um, but we will displace him, and then once they they replace him. Nobody's really going to go after him. They're not going to be interested in impeaching him. We'll never know the final tally about what actually happened. Yeah. You and I know what happened. Every, every reasonable American should know what's happening. But they will, uh, they'll pretend it didn't happen. That's, that, that's to answer your, your mainstream media question. And then you've got your Hunter Biden issues. And, 
it, it's so absurd. They, they don't know anything about business and the oil business and, and then uh, China relations. And there was some other kind of business that they're supposed to be in. And again, they don't have any experience in that. But somehow, China wants to give them millions of dollars. And the name just happens to be Biden. Oh, oh, you're, you're James Biden? Are you, oh, I didn't know you were related to Joe Biden, the president. The very same? Yes, he, he's my brother. Oh, I did not know that. All right, cool. Well, I, anyway, I'm glad that we've been doing business all this time. That's so, what a quinky dinky yeah. that you're his brother. Thanks. Okay. Would you mind changing policy for us, please? <laughs> that, that's, yeah. that's what's going on. Yeah. Uh, so that's James Biden. And uh, you also have this, um, this her, this Robert Her interview, the transcript that was supposed to be turned over yesterday, I believe, meaning the uh, Tuesday. Uh, and and it somehow they missed the deadline. Yeah, they did. I, I, what, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, look, my approach, and I, I, I explained this in our podcast last week, that I, I don't think they have any choice but to go forward with Joe Biden, unless, of course, God forbid, he dies. Yeah. Uh, then what, what will happen then? I, I mean, it, if he dies, then it would have to be Kamala Harris automatically. She's the president. You can't replace her. If he doesn't die, and no reason to think that he is, and he just bumbles his way toward the finish line in November of 2024, okay, why would anyone join in the race at this point? Maybe a year ago. Yeah. It would make more sense. Even six months ago. Now, with only, what, nine, no, eight and a half months left to go, Oh my God! Yeah, yeah that's it. Um, they don't have time to. Yeah, they don't have time to to you know campaign to to vet to be vetted and to get you know to interview process and all that stuff to get people to to know them. Um, not only that, so that's one big problem that that uh, the candidates themselves, whether it's Newsom or Michelle Obama or uh, Whitmer from Michigan, uh, that that's been a name floated out there. Uh, I why would they want to run? in all likelihood, they would lose. Yeah. Nobody wants to go into a campaign knowing that they're going to lose. Yeah. They just, it's not a wise idea. Because it, it, you get tagged as a loser right away. If you've got a reasonable shot, okay, go for it. But the, the odds are so stacked against you coming in this late in the game, bad idea. Another reason why it's a bad idea, for the Democrats that is, is that by replacing him, they're basically acknowledging that he has a memory problem, that he has a competence problem, and maybe even that his policies are not so good. And that's dangerous for them. So Trump would be all over, over that. And, they, and they'd be right to be worried about that. Trump would say they had to replace him because he's a boob. He doesn't know what he's doing. It was, he was a disaster of a president, not just his memory, but all his policies. That's why they're changing him. They, they were, and they won't be able to get a, a better person, but that's the reason why they changed him. And that's the narrative that, that would just slide Trump right into the presidency super easy. That's why they're having so many problems actually moving on this, because they just can't replace him. Yeah. I, I, I think that's the reason why. Am I missing something? No, I, I agree 100%, because you have Kamala Harris. Nobody likes her at all. There's no way he's going to win. Gavin Newsom thinks he's great, but the Midwest, the South, like South Carolina, North Tennessee, Michigan, none of them will vote for him, but they will vote for Joe. So they have, I think their only play, and I think they're playing it because they're not campaigning him, he's not going to debate, is I think they might question the election when Trump wins. <laughs> I think they might have an elector. That would be a that would be absurd. They would never. Know, no, the, the Democrats are. I, they've been so hot to trot about you know complaining about Trump. You know, saying that the 2020 election was stolen. Why would they do the very same thing yeah. that they accused him of? That's you are being disingenuous and hypocritical, sir. I know. I'm a liar. But yeah. Yes, yeah. they would never do it. They they would know they couldn't do it because we would remind them that they said the same thing when Trump questioned the election of 2020. So I think we're safe on that one, sir. They have introspection. <laughs> yeah, they have introspection. <laughs> but we can't do that because people will point that out to us. Yeah. All right. Uh, I mean, it'll be wild. Uh, right now, good for today, I, I, I think that Trump, I mean, all the, all the um, uh, what do you call it, the battleground states seem to all be in favor, tipping in favor of 
Trump significantly. Not, I mean, I think the the, the smallest percentage is two percent yeah. advantage, and there's. Uh, I, mean, I, I don't want to be uh, out of speaking out of turn, but I, I recall seeing a seven percent advantage in a battleground state, which you know, if he did win at seven percent, that would no longer be a battleground state. Right. Uh, it's it's strange, and a lot of Democrats are changing. Uh, Jewish Democrats. And just a reminder to our listeners, there, there are Jewish Democrats in there. But if you were, you know, people, why do Jews vote liberal? They don't. Observant Jews don't vote liberal. Yeah. Observant Jews vote conservative. Okay? There are Jews who are Jews in name only. They don't believe in God even, some of them. Certainly don't go to synagogue. But the, the mass uh, majority of Jews who are observant, totally Trump. Lovers, uh, all those guys with the the, the pace, meaning that the curls on the the side of their heads, and uh, the black hats and the tefillin and uh, uh, those Jews, the Orthodox Jews, every every one of them loves Trump. 100%. I'm telling you, they love Trump. Yeah. So anyway, the point is, even taking all the Jews together, including the atheists and the secular Jews, uh, they they are now in favor of Trump by 9% in New York State. How do you like that? Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Going from 25% in favor of liberals now to 9% in favor of conservatives. Yeah. Riddle me that, Batman. <laughs> right? It's, yeah. it, it just doesn't compute. Yeah. But there it is. And, and, and I think the reason why is, uh, uh, there are many reasons why. One of them is the perception that Joe Biden doesn't, is pushing Israel in the wrong way. Uh, I think uh, a lot of Jews uh, who are, you know, regular Americans like you and me, uh, they they feel the the squeeze. They feel they have a sense of justice as well. Justice is a very big deal in Judaism. I, I have to say, and the, the the concept of equality under law is powerful stuff. Yeah. So you know, we we say in the Torah, you know, you shall never favor a rich man. You never uh, or disfavor a rich man. And you never favor a poor man or disfavor a poor man. Yeah. And, and that, that's in our DNA. And when you see what's happening to Trump this way, um, that strikes us as very, very wrong. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a big no-no in Judaism. Right. And just to get more international, like it was Biden who not only left a bunch of weapons in Afghanistan, which is very close to Iran, but also released a bunch of money for iran to have that and then october 7th you know and then trump was the one who moved the um, embassy to jerusalem trump was the one that brought peace to the middle east and it is biden like in one of his the most important things he might do his legacy might be showing how amazing and incredible a president trump was and will be yeah he serves to as a foil at this point doesn't he i mean it's very interesting uh, that you cannot compare and contrast more, more better. I was going to say you cannot have a better contrast between Trump and Biden because the difference between 2020 and 2024 is that back in 2024 we didn't have a Joe Biden presidency. We, you and I, could could predict it was going to be bad, but but now we have the Joe Biden presidency. So by November of 2024, he will have been president for almost four years. And to compare that to the four years that Trump was president, and it was, okay, now we, now we have what to look at, yeah. right? We, we, we don't have to do any guessing anymore. We don't have to lie to ourselves that Joe Biden will be better as a president than, than uh, Donald Trump because we've seen him. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Look, I mean, I, I, a good business knows how to get rid of people very quickly, yeah. right? That's part of a definition of a good business is to fire people quickly. Uh, but, but you don't hang on to them. And, and Joe Biden, you know, he's, we're stuck with him for the four years. I get it. But hopefully we'll fire him. Right. And I, I think the contrast is so clear. Speaking about contrast, now getting onto the Nikki Haley situation. So <laughs> I was saying in my podcast the other day that, and it, it was a soft prediction, but I, I said, I think Nikki Haley is going to bow out of the presidential campaign um, sometime, you know, a couple of weeks, maybe three weeks before South Carolina. Yeah. Well, here we are only a f- couple of days, uh, four days before the South Carolina primary. And she's still in it. And she's saying that she's going to stay in it. 
Okay, so in that sense, I was wrong. Yeah. Again, a soft prediction. But here's the funny thing. I was sharing this with uh, somebody, a good friend of mine, that it might actually be a very good thing that she stays in. Yeah. And, and, and here's why. We talked about foil, right? I mean, serving as a foil. She, she might serve as a foil to, to show, to keep Donald Trump in the limelight. And yes. in South Carolina, if the polls you know, are to be consistent with the actual electoral, uh, the voting in the primaries, and he wins 60, what, 65 to 35, uh, he gets to say, I clobbered her. Right. Right? And if she continues on, he will continue to clobber her. Yeah. But if she weren't in the primaries... And he, you know, gets not, you know, the ninety nine point nine percent of the vote. People wouldn't even bother to tell. Yeah. yeah, of course, that that's the way it works. Yeah. Um, but because she's still in it, he gets to show how much more popular than her he is. Yeah. That people like his message and not her message. You see. Yeah. And and that keeps him in the news and shows how popular he is, and how strong he is in right. popularity. I love it. I, 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 you know what, Nikki, stay in. Yeah. <laughs> because it just goes to show that uh, we are making our voices heard over and over again. We want us some Trump again. Yeah. We like Trump. Isn't that interesting? 100%, yeah. Um, okay, thoughts about Israel. Now, Israel and what's happening uh, with the Biden administration, they're trying to slow Israel down, trying to encourage them to slow down. The, forget about the UN. They're, they're idiots over there. They trying to say that you should stop and cease fire and all that stuff. I, uh, who, who's the guy who says, uh, Murray, Douglas Murray, he says Israel's the only country that's not allowed to win a war, right? Yeah. And that's a, that's a brilliant, uh, astute comment. Yes, it, that's, that's always the case. And since 67, at least the Six-Day War, we were allowed to win that war, so to speak, because they were going to slaughter us and we had to do... Anyway, within six days, you could, <laughs> you could barely get the message out <laughs> in six days back then. You know, now we have emails, but back right. then they would, you know, it would take quite a while to get instructions out to, to Israel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and Israel was able to take the Golan Heights, uh, what is now called the West Bank, but Judea, Samaria, uh, the, the, the Gaza Strip, and the entire Sinai Peninsula, right? right? I mean, it's a, it was an amazing accomplishment in six days. My dad fought in that war. Um, I'm very, very proud of him. He was instrumental in that war, by the way. Very, very proud of him. Yeah, he's a cool cat. Um, anyway, um, now Israel is told to hold back, you know, put an arm behind its back. And it's, it's, it's crazy. But Israel's not listening to Biden. Yeah. Netanyahu does have a lot of backbone. And when Biden is yelling at him, he says, with respect, Mr. President, we have to do what we have to do. And, and you were asking us to lose this war. You were asking us to allow Hamas to do it again and again and again. We can't, we can't afford that. So thanks, but no thanks for your advice. We're going to have to do what we have to do. We have to obliterate Hamas, and we're going to change uh, the rules on the ground so that Hamas can never grow again. Right. Okay? And we are going to do everything we can to get our hostages back at the same time. Okay? So... With respect, Mr. Biden, F you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> With respect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, Netanyahu is very gracious. He's very diplomatic. I think he's an excellent prime minister. And I, I, li- I like him. I think he's the Trump of Israel um, and actually has a little bit more uh, ability to control his words than Trump does. So he's even better than Trump. Yeah. But uh, the Israelis now are going into Rafah. Rafah is the southernmost city of or town area of Gaza, and it borders with Egypt. And what's happened is that all of Hamas, they, they've basically been cornered. So all of Hamas now is residing in Rafah, and they're going to blow it up and you know hunt these, these bastards down. It's the last stronghold. Um, in all likelihood, some, if not all, of the hostages are there. Uh, we will find them. And it will be a great result at the end of the day. I'm very hopeful, at least, that, that great things will happen as a result of that. I think you'll be hearing news that we have found the hostages, uh, dead or alive, hopefully alive, of course. But there will be an end to the hostage situation. And then it's all turning eyes and attention to 
uh, getting the bad guys, the bad mother effers. That's yeah. what they are, okay? I try not to actually swear, but I hinted it, uh, yeah. as I've just done. Uh, the, um, what, what's interesting is that we will, you know, Israel will continue to pound and pound. But the, the rest of the world talks about, I mean, even Candace Owens, I, I had a large segment about this in our podcast last week, as, you, as you'll recall. Yeah. And somebody's so bright. She is bright, I, but, and yet so stupid. She talks about, you know, her heart bleeding for the Israelis and understanding them and the children who were killed and slaughtered and raped. She, she, she pays lip service to that. And then she says, but I cannot be silent about what I'm seeing about kids dying and arms being blown up from little kids. And, and you want to tell her, what the F is the matter with you? Yeah. You know, it, this could have all ended. It, it, just release the hostages, surrender the Hamas terrorists themselves, and don't use your children as human shields. Right. I mean, you, you literally hide Hamas terrorists under schools and hospitals and the playgrounds, for that matter, and then, and then expect no attacks. You, you use them. And you don't, you don't allow your people to even leave. You, yeah. you, you keep them as hostages. It's not just the, hostage, the Israeli hostages you have. It's also the, your, your entire Gazan population, your own people yeah. that you're holding hostage. Yeah, and that's the thing that's the most disgusting thing is they're, like, they're killing their own children. So much so for a propaganda war because they're so anti-Semitic. It's the most insane things ever, not understanding the the minds of what they're dealing with, where the that whole the, that whole region will respect the strong. But if you show weakness, and that's where they thought there was weakness in Israel, that's when they attack you. You know, I'm, I'm writing my new book, uh, Atheism Steals Now, and I have a section here uh, in, in my new book where I talk about the ideas and ideas that should never be executed, right? So, you know, there's some ideas that are out there like communism, okay? It's an idea, but don't implement it, okay? Uh, affirmative action, it's an idea, don't implement it, and so on, right? Uh, and there's many others, uh, transgenderism, the idea of going into, uh, you know, a man going into... No, don't implement that. Many, many dangerous things will result out of that. Title IX, I think, was a bad idea. It was an idea that should not have been implemented. Destroy men's sports. Of course, destroyed men's sports. Uh, th there's so many examples of this, and one of them is the two-state solution to resolve the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. Okay? Did you know that before October 7 of 2023... Uh, many Israelis, so I, I don't know what the exact percentage, but it was certainly way above 10%, uh, probably way above 30%, felt that the two-state solution, meaning that there should be a Palestinian state and an Israeli state side by side, living in harmony. Both parties agreed to what the borders are. Everyone's happy. Problem solved, right? That's the two-state solution, right. okay? Uh, many Israelis are against it, of course. I, I'm against it. Now, in Israel... Nobody is for it. Everyone is against the idea because they've made it very clear, the Palestinians, Hamas in particular, but the Palestinians are really no different than Hamas, yeah. at least in Gaza. They, they have no interest in a two-state two solution. And if they did have it, they would do exactly what they did on October 7 over and over again. And the more land you give them, the more opportunity it gives them to do exactly this. You think it's done? And, and then, then we hear from, from the river to the sea, Guess what country lies between that river, the Jordan River, and that sea, the Mediterranean Sea? I wonder what country they're talking about. Oh, yeah. it's all of Israel. They don't want some of Israel. No. I, it, it's, it's, that's, they've made it very clear. River to the sea. Yeah. Okay, now we know. Thank you. No matter, no matter what land, amount of land you give to the Palestinians and call it Palestine, they'll want the rest of it. Yeah. There's no end. They will never forget. I'm sorry, they, they'll, they'll, they'll never remember that there was a peace treaty. It's not going to happen. No. So why would Israel entertain the idea of a two-state solution? It's not, it's not, it doesn't make any sense. Right. It, it'll never happen. Um, so, uh, look, I, and I want to get your thoughts on this as well. We, we, meaning the Israelis, pulled out of southern Lebanon. There was a, a mile-long buffer zone between the north of Israel 
and uh, Lebanon. Yeah. We controlled that so that avoided the puffer. We retreated fully unilaterally. Yeah. Okay. Did the world remember that? No. We retreated out of certain areas of the West Bank unilaterally. And we also gave control to the Palestinians for the Temple Mount, um, what they call, uh, I forget what they call it. Doesn't matter. Yeah. They, they, they created a temple over it. Um, and they don't, we don't get credit for that. Right. Then we pulled out infamously in 2005 from Gaza, unilaterally, again, do we get credit for that? No. We're still called occupiers right. of, of Gaza. We're, there's not a single, I mean, before October 7th, now, of course, there's a war going on, but before October 7th, there was not a single Israeli soldier there yeah. between 2005 and, and October, 20, uh, October 7, 2023. Wow. And, and they're still, they don't remember. So why do we think that if we have a two-state solution and give you know, X percentage of land to the Palestinians, that they'll remember that. That yeah. they'll be, oh yeah, well, you know, we did sign a peace treaty. Yeah, yeah, we, we have to honor it, my fellow Palestinians. No, right. no, no. Yeah. It's, they, look, it's like zombies. You, 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 can, you, can, you can have a peace treaty with zombies, I suppose, but good luck. I mean, you just have to build that wall Make sure they never come into your country. Yeah. And uh, then you'll be safe. That's it. But it, it would just be a stepping stone to, you know, grab more and more land. And, you know, this, this Hamas attack of October 7, I personally think, and this is good news, has so backfired on Hamas and the Palestinians. Yeah. I, I think they really didn't see past October 7. They didn't say, what next? After October 7th, I think they just said, we're going to achieve a great victory. We're going to kill a lot of Israelis. We're going to rape a lot of Israelis. We're going to bring a lot back, back a lot of hostages, and uh, we'll figure out what's next after. Right. And if you think that's absurd, of course they had a plan. Yeah. No, no. A lot of people do crazy things with no plan whatsoever. For example, we were been talking about the New York decision. They, made, they, they did this thing and never thought about the consequences of it. And then you have Kevin O'Leary talking about how he, not only him, but uh, probably hundreds, if not thousands of other businessmen and women are pulling out stakes from New York. Yeah. They didn't think about that. You think Erdogan thought about that for a second? Got of it. course not. Yeah. So people often don't think beyond the, 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 the greatness of, uh, in this case, October 7th. They, they didn't think past that. Right. Um, Michael Moore famously... Um, talked about destroying capitalism, remember? Yeah. And he was interviewed, this is during Occupy Wall Street, a long time ago, right. I think 2008, 2009, I don't know, I don't know, it was a long time ago, yeah. 10 plus years ago. And some reporter saying, hey, it's great to see you here. What do you propose to replace capitalism with? Right. And he looked blankly at the reporter and said, I don't know, we'll think of something. Like, Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> the reporter didn't push him. Right. But that, that's your answer? You want to destroy something and then f figure that you'll figure it out after? Right. You'll look around the smoke and say, okay, well, now we've got to figure out a plan. You've you got to have a plan before you destroy the building. Right. right? I mean, it's, it's kind of madness out there. So that's why I say comfortably that I don't think they, they thought past October 7. If intelligent people, and Michael Moore, he's intelligent, but he's an idiot, in the same way that Candace, Moore, uh, Candace Owens is, a, uh, is intelligent but an idiot, then why, why, do, why would we think that Hamas, which is just full of rage and, and anger, and that, that they would have the, the capacity to think beyond October 7? They didn't think about it. Not, not for a moment. No. I, 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 they thought about planning and, you know, uh, this horrific attack they did it it sadly it worked exactly according to their plan maybe i think they probably killed more people than they thought they would they, they probably took more hostages than they thought they would yeah but here we are but they didn't think anything past it and we have to understand as israelis as jews as as americans for that matter that this two-state solution would be a disaster and now Hamas, and, and this is what I'm saying, I think it all backfired on them. Everything backfired. 
the, the two-state solution is dead. Okay, I'm not the only one saying it. Yeah. A lot of other people are saying it. All Israelis say, nope. Thank you for showing us what you would do to us. And thank you for making it very clear, river to the sea and all that stuff. We get the message. You want to destroy all of us. So if anything, we're going to push you back even further. Yeah. Okay? God willing, Israel doesn't squander its ultimate victory in Gaza. And that means that they're going to have to have a presence there for a while. They have to de-Hamasify Gaza. That's, that's the only way it's going to work. Yeah. And they have to install a new government. It'll be a puppet government for a while but it'll be a, a democracy of some kind or the other. They have to completely, it, just like we did with Japan. We did it. Before you complain, my, my listening friends, that somehow that's a uh, you know, crazy idea that's very imperialist of you, uh, that's very uh, culture-centric or ethnocentric and um, whatever, okay? I, we did it with Japan. Yeah. And we did it with Germany, okay? We stayed there for 10 freaking years in each country to take away the imperialists in Japan and to take away the Nazis in Germany. And we completely restructure the governments for them. And they are thrilled about it, by the way. Right. You think Japan would, would, would love to go back to the imperialist Japan of the, of the day where, they, where horrific things were happening to them or Germany to be a Nazi country? Of course not. No. They're both thriving countries now. Um, so that's what Israel needs to do with, uh, with Gaza. Exactly. Yeah, I agree 100%. And like the two-state solution, they have never wanted that. What needs to happen, the attitude has to be, if you complain about us taking this land, we're going to take more land. Yeah. Now complain about that. And not a democracy, not a government. This is our land now, and you go somewhere else. Where do you go? Not our problem. You did what you did. You showed yourself for what you are and absolute strength. I think Israel should double or triple its size. And if anybody complains, double or triple its size again and show them what strength is because they will be happy to deal with Israel if Israel is strong. And they will only want to destroy Israel if Israel is weak. And that's all they want to do is destroy Israel. So when you say, oh, I don't think they were thinking much ahead of that, right. they were accomplishing their goal. Right. That's all they wanted to do. They don't want anything other than destruction. All about destruction. Yeah. That, that is actually in their charter. It's about the destruction of Israel. There's nothing else. It's not about the benefiting uh, the Palestinians and making them more enlightened society or educating their children or anything. No, it's, it's, they, are, they have a singularity of purpose, and that is to destroy Israel. Thank you. That's yeah. it. They've made it very clear. They've said it over and over again. It's not as if they're hiding that ball. Um, so, yeah, I, look, the, the only thing they would understand is you, you take, for every terrorist attack, you take some land of theirs. 100%. Okay? You want to just keep on doing it. We'll just keep on taking it. Yeah. That's, that's it. And it doesn't even have to be that much. You can take, uh, I don't know, um, the equivalent of uh, five acres. Yeah. Okay? That's ours now. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Oh, it happened again? Oh, another five acres. And if it, for every Israeli that's killed, they take another, you know, 20 acres. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I, it would really send a message. And every time they would do it, they would, they would say, okay, there's going to be consequences to that. Are we willing to forgo another 10 acres, 20 acres, whatever it is? It's a simple solution. They, it's like a dog. You know, you, you react instantly. Yep. Dog understands. Yeah. And, and before you say, my dear listener, that this is Barack, that's dehumanizing. You know what? You forfeited you, not the Hamas, not you, the listener. Yeah, Hamas has forfeited to claim humanity. They've done it themselves. Do humanize they've de themselves. Yeah, they've only dehumanized. They're the ones who dehumanize themselves to do what they did on October seven, and then use children as their shields, and then to hold them, you know, in Gaza while Israel, you know, cynically in, in order to to destroy, uh, to as a propaganda plan. That's not human. Okay, so. You've taken away your own humanity, my friend. Yeah. All right, folks. So much more to talk about. Um, but uh, we, I'm sure by next week, we'll have a plethora of other things as well. Uh, Brock Larry, signing off. But don't forget, also, get uh, The Kids Are All Right. Uh, it's available on Amazon, Audible, paperback, Kindle. It's doing very well. I'm so thankful uh, to people reading it and encouraging uh, their, um, their children to read it, meaning uh, adult children. Uh, who in turn have young children. It's uh, such a perfect age. If, you're, if your kids are four, five, six, all the way, I would say, till nine, 
years old, this book as a parent is for you. Okay, that's that's who it's really designed for. Uh, please get this book if you want to make sure that your kid will never go woke, the kid will never turn on you and refuse to have you over Thanksgiving and continue to talk to you, um, and that you share the, your values. This book will will ensure that. All right, folks. Breckler is signing off saying, God bless, and we'll talk with you next week.